The Illuminati Telegraph The Illuminati Telegraph Yes, yes, we're back. It's been a couple of weeks. Why? Jesse and I talk about that at the beginning. Has been a couple of weeks. Today we got a banger though, lots of articles. Normally we're doing about four or five. Today we got nine or ten. You know? I mean in the same time frame, so it moves along quick. This one might this one might be the one where we break through and get super rich and famous and we make it. This I think this is the one. Thank you for joining us though. Episode 20, big two zero. I remember when I turned 20, I was an idiot. I still am. My beard grew out a little bit better. So, I'm on the fence about putting the video up. Sorry about that. The pop. About putting the video up on YouTube. Just the full video, you know? I'm, I'm anti-system. I don't like what YouTube's doing. The censorship and the ba-ba-ba and the this and that and yada yada. I don't like that they make you have a thousand subscribers before you can monetize because some people are really putting a lot of work. And hey, if you can make 10 cents... That's something, you know, multi-billionaire fuck faces thinking they know what's best and they don't let me advertise the Wendy's chicken sandwich before my podcast just to try to make all the research worth it. Please, you fucking fucks. YouTube, not you, but you know, I might put it back on YouTube. Why not? We didn't get banned or censored yet. It doesn't hurt. It's free. So if that happens incentive to subscribe to our patreon for as little as one dollar you'll get the ad free audio the ads are like 40 seconds but whatever we're still evolving we're still trying to figure this thing out you know trying to figure what we're doing so we're scheduling a deep dive we got another deep dive coming we're doing like current events and interesting stuff and this and that but we got deep you know we like the deep dive so we got one coming uh we haven't agreed on a topic yet but we got one coming three weeks what else? Alfred and the Tednators, my band, check it out. The live record's still not up, but my buddy just got the 1080p version of the video after I lost my file, which was 720p. So we got 1080p video coming on YouTube of our show. Excellent production, guys. It's like a multi-thousand dollar production that went into this. The audio was awesome. I'm going to master it. The, the, the record will be up. You'll be able to listen to a live. We're going to have a live record, guys. Live at the venue. Live at the venue, 303. May 5th. It's going to be awesome. The audio is badass. We're going to master that up. Live record. We got a jam tape coming. We're going to be dropping a studio record. Uh, Golgothan's doing shit. Twitch every night. Jesse, Kettlebell Killer on Tuesdays at like 7. Golgothan TV on Twitch. Cool deal. Got a new single dropping. Let's get into it. Mwah. Yeah, what's up, man? How's it going? What's been up? I've been sick. Yeah, man. So you were real sick, huh? Yeah, um, and the coronavirus, dude. You joke? Actually, yeah, I did. You really? My wife, my wife got COVID, and and then I got it, and she got tested. So I was like, whatever you get, what you you know, whatever you have, I have. She got tested, and she was positive. Yeah, it was positive. I lost my smell and my taste. Oh it's, shit! It's about seventy percent right now. Steven shit. So you uh. And I had the rash, but the headache was like a hundred degree fever for like half a day, like mild congestion. I was a little tired. It was really not as bad as a flu. 
Really? Plus, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. Um, and I think we had it when we got back from Thailand. We got back December 1st, and COVID narratives started, like, right then. I remember getting back, and it was just like, we, we landed right when the new era began. Like, the, the talk on the news, and I knew right away. I was like, this is this is happening. This is going down right now. You know what well, I'm saying? It, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, if you had it in December, though, wouldn't you have still had the an- antibodies? Well, the mutation. Now? Oh, yeah, I guess The mutation so. might be a real thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I remember at well, the time, December well, we was can't, We can't act like COVID's fake. <laughs> Nothing oh, no, I, ne- I never thought I, it was I know. Fake. I'm, I'm fucking with you. I'm just saying we, have, we do a conspiracy yeah. podcast. <laughs> but then I got better yeah. from the COVID. And I, I went back to work, and it was that weekend. It was Friday. Uh-huh. Remember, I was like, hey, I'm not feeling good today. I was peak COVID on that Wednesday. I was better on Friday. And uh, I Ford made stir-fry. She made this really great stir-fry, mm-hmm. uh, olive oil. So I ate a lot of it. And then about an hour and a half later, maybe, um, I was like, hey, let's go to Raisin Cane's because it was beautiful out. I was like, fuck work. I'm not even going today. I'm still recovering. And I had eaten Raisin Cane's like a week before, and she was giving me a hard time because I ate Damn. it. Damn. Y'all got Raisin Cane's all the way out there? Yeah, we do. So I was like, fuck it. Hey, let's go to Cane's. I just ate. So we went to Cane's, and I gorged myself there. Fried chicken, four strips. And I, I was putting down the fourth one. I, it was, I was like. Toast and a coleslaw or two toasts? Um, I, extra, what was it? Um, I, I don't think the four piece had that option. Maybe it did. I got an extra sauce. I use a lot of sauce. So I ate the fries and the toast and the Coke, man. And we left. And when I, when I hit the Coke, Diet Coke, and I felt it just hit me right there at the gallbladder. And like, I got a little tired. I'm like, oof, like that. And it was like an hour later. I was in denial because I've had the gallbladder attack three times since last October. It's a new gallbladder attack. Yeah, that must be what it is because I'm not eating good. I'm eating a lot of shit, greasy food, soda, and that stuff. The medic said that we called Rocky Mountain IV and the IV came out. Shout out to Bobby. And he gave me an IV, two liters with all kind of good shit. He said, my, because Friday I, I walked outside and I threw up. And I was like, fuck, this is happening again, you know? Like, it's set in, like, here we go again. Because it's, you throw up until you get medical help to stop the nausea, period. And, and so you've had, you've had this gallbladder attack before? Yeah, the first time it happened was in October of last year. So not that long ago. But I've been eating late when I get home from work and then go into bed. I haven't been taking care of my gut. Since so you've I moved. Gone to, you've gone to the hospital for this? Twice. The third time I muscled through it and the fourth time I muscled through it. Because I was like, I know what's going on here. Fuck this. Because so I, I threw up. I started at 6 p.m. on Friday throwing up. And I didn't stop until the morning. And I actually fainted over oh, that night. shit. I fainted. Um, I woke up laying on the kitchen floor with my head in Ford's lap. She was rubbing me with a cold rag. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Because you just throw up and your body's... You, you can't keep nothing down. You can't hydrate. You can't take med. Boom! You just throw up. So you throw. Up, I threw up like every hour, until the next day, it settled down. And um, she mm. called the the medic to come give me an IV. He said my eyes were yellow, 
and like my skin color came back and my heart rate was running a marathon he said it was at 120 so it came down but then the nausea went away so i was able to start hydrating which took like three or four days because i threw up for almost 24 hours holy shit dude yeah what did it what did they do in the hospital for you the first time that happened like an anti-inflammation iv less than what the medic gave me that we called to the to the trailer damn that's so that's why you just didn't bother going yeah and the first time it was pretty cheap at the hospital a couple hundred the second time i don't know what the deal was but it was like 1200 and shit. the guy didn't go over any of the medicare paperwork i remember that but i felt too much like shit to fight it so i was like fuck it man i just get me out of here so but the hydration process is the hardest part because you're mega mega dehydrated i can imagine you can't like when you're throwing up dude ice water i just wanted to chug it like my natural response but i couldn't and then when you get better and you can drink you're so dehydrated your body rejects it so you can take these little sips and it's not enough dude it's like ford could see my temple veins from sitting in the bed it's Bro. crazy yeah crazy so gallbladder greasy gallbladder. food eat and diet take care of your gut so i've cut out the greasy food and i haven't had a soda since then and i'm still eating a lot but it's not affecting it's just i'm just not eating greasy so there's the lesson. That's why we haven't been back to the episodes, guys. Yep, medical issues. And then, uh, your step-mom, like, I, your, yeah, your, your mother in law. Uh, my mother in law, not my stepmom. Uh, yeah, I had to bring my mother in law to the hospital today, this morning. Yeah, what's up? She's there. Her? She's there right now. I don't know. She's there right now. What I was her symptom? Her like headache? Or uh, showing up. She hadn't been able to keep anything down for the past couple of days. Mm. Nauseous, shaky, just, I don't maybe, know. Maybe it's. Maybe not gallbladder, but probably some diet-related issue where the guts just... I have no idea. I just... So she was... I had to basically carry her to the car to bring her. Like, she was that weak. Yeah, she was super weak. I had to get a wheelchair to bring her and get her into the emergency room. That's rough. So, and... So, like I said, with this... uh, With this episode, you know, if I have to dip out, I might have to dip out, but we'll see. I mean, if she calls, she might be there all night. I don't know. We don't know what's wrong with her, so... We'll, we'll play it by ear. Well, yeah, so that's what's going on with me. With us. Hopefully it's not too bad and she gets better, but hopefully it's bad enough that we can go for a long time without her calling. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're joking. But, yeah, okay, uh, ho- let me go grab my okay. coffee. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, I hope she gets better, man, because it's not fun. No. Just When you don't have your health, you realize how important your health is. Yep. Not fun. Yep, other than that, it's just been a lot of work for me, and uh, my house got struck by lightning a couple nights ago. We've been having a bunch of bad weather pass through, so that fried a bunch of stuff in the house. So I've like been, plugs and stuff? Switches um, like a, GF, a GFCI in my garage burnout, so I replaced that. Uh, my yeah, garage that door stopped opening, My uh, I, which I've been troubleshooting that for a little while. Blew out a TV, blew out my modem. Um blew out your tv and your modem yeah whoa so those plugs aren't protected by gfci so those really took the surge whatever was on your gfi your bathroom gfi didn't blow but it probably tripped Mm -hmm. huh Mm -mm. it didn't trip no just one in my garage okay so the ground is below the panel which is probably in your garage so all of it went there good all the 
all the lightning. That's why your low voltage is fried in your um, garage door opener. Because that power for your garage door opener, the low voltage, comes out of the plug in your attic right there. Yeah. And, and, yeah, you saw that? And then they yeah. got the transformer. Probably blew that. Blew what? The... Well, on, on the plug, there's a low voltage transformer that connects to the back. You got to drill a hole and connect it. And it's got a pigtail that you tie into the outlet. Because what's weird is like the, the lights back, are the lights are still like the garage door opener, like the unit itself still works. The lights are coming on mm, it. Um, okay. The di the little diagnostic light on there flashes and shit. I thought, all right, well, maybe there's a like a, a start capacitor in it, right? So I, I was like, maybe that blue. So I, I pulled that out and checked that. It's fine. It's reading perfect. Um, and then the diagnostic light's blinking a certain amount of times. And just reading through the manual and stuff, it says that with the amount of times it's blinking to replace the logic board. And that the motor, because there's not much to it. There's like a little logic board, there's a capacitor, and there's a motor. That's it. And I guess it's in your, that unit. Yeah, so I guess it would have to be the... So I just ordered another logic board for it. I'm not going to pay someone to come out and look at it. They're just going to test the same shit. I mean, if I replace this and it still doesn't work, then I'll pay someone, but... Fuck it. Anyway, so I've been dealing with a bunch of fried shit in my house. Speaking of, yeah, fried food fucked me up. Fried, fried shit and stuff. Electricity fucked you up. It's been messed up, but um, it's going great, man. I'm back on the up and up. You got? Did you get a new TV and stuff? Yeah, luckily it was a bedroom TV, so I just got like a real cheap. Oh, the bedroom TV. Yeah, you just need background light and noise when you're fucking. <laughs> or whenever, I, or whenever you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. My question that I want to ask you to start the show is: Are you invested in crypt crypto right now? Are you in or are you out right now? I'm not in right now. Why? You got to get in, bro. It's blowing I feel like I'm up. already too late. No, like man. I'm already, that's, I'm already see, too late. See, this is the beautiful thing. This is the beautiful thing. Glad you said that. Because, yeah, 10 years ago, Bitcoin was like a dollar a coin or whatever. Right. And now it's at an all-time high of 64, right? So there's been this mega rise in Bitcoin, and people have made their wealth. But number one, Bitcoin's going to continue rising up to like 100, 200, 300,000, they say, by the end of this summer. So probably by the end of the year, it's going to go up 500%. So you can still get on it. So if you buy right now, I, I bought a year, like two years ago, and it was 7400 And I was broke. I pulled it out. It was like 150 bucks or something. And then I forgot about it for a year, you know? It's like, whatever. And when I went back, it was at 40000 I said, fuck, man. I had money that would be like almost yeah. 1000 now. Like I missed it. So like I lived the missing it and then I bought back in and I had to fix my car. So I sold it. I bought back in at 44,000, 600 bucks. So I sold it to fix my car, needed the money. Two days Did after you at least I make a profit on the sale. Yes. After service fees, I made 20 bucks. I pull, I got 620 in my account. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it still turned into 20 and the first time I still made money, you know, because you watch the graph and right so when I bought back in the third time, I got the stimulus. So I just put a thousand on four different cryptos, put like 70% on Bitcoin. I split the other 30 up between the next popular ones, which is Litecoin, Ethereum. And there's a new one, Chainlink, which is at 
I bought it at 27 a coin when I bought back in. So I put 30 on Chainlink. After service fee, I have a little more than one whole Chainlink. Dude, it's at 38 right now. It's like a 40% increase. Nice. Yeah, but I, I watched the graph and I saw, okay, it's up to 60, but I see that it was up and down, up and down, up and down lately, like 60 to 55, 60 to 55, just up and down. So I was like, okay, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. I know it is. So I just watched the way it started to dip. I said, let's go, let's go. It got down to like 54, 55. And that's when I bought and it now it shot back up and it's floating at 63, 64. So nice. it might not go back down to 54, but it might go back down to 57, 58. You know what I mean? Yeah. I so if, if you do buy now, look for it to drop below 60. And then the other ones kind of follow suit too. But in the last year, Litecoin went from 226 a coin to 2,250 right now. Damn. In the last year, it did that, as well as Ethereum went from like 50 a coin, and it's at 226 a coin right now. So it's on. there's these other coins on the same trajectory as Bitcoin. So that's the beauty is you can still catch the Bitcoin wave, but you do have like a thousand second chances with all the other young coins. I looked at Filecoin just now. I don't know what the fuck it is. Eleven billion dollar market cap. But I looked at the year chart and a year ago it was like fifty a coin and now it's up to no a month ago when I bought in back in. It was at fifty a coin. It's up to two twenty six right now. Uh, ah, damn. Two hundred two hundred and eighteen percent increase in the last month. And I missed it. And I could have bought it. I just didn't. So you're not too late. You're, it's still at the beginning because only right now are big corporations and big banks and sports teams and Elon Musk's and Kevin Durant's and people are talking. So it's just as a consumer product, it's going to grow. Not just the investment cryptocurrency part of it that's going to blow up. Like it's still coming, man. Like get in. Get All right. in. Right. I'm in and I'm not fucking selling. I'm I'm going for property money. I'm going for 10 grand minimum until I sell anything. And Chainlink, all that other stuff, I want to get a whole Ethereum. I want to put two, I want to get some Filecoin. I want to get one whole coin of those that cheap enough I can afford a whole coin. Yeah. And sit on it for 10 years. That's the problem. People put money in, they're like, oh, fuck, I need it back. Like you put, and then it's it's scary to put like three thousand because now you got to forget about that three grand for ten years, you know what I'm saying, or five years. It's almost like investing in the stock market a little bit. It it, it exactly is because it behaves the same, but it's not a stock, you know. It's not right. a share. Like the the fifteen CEOs or whatever can't pull their stocks out overnight because they know a pandemic's coming, and then you're left holding the bag. It's a currency, so no one owns it there's not going to be any ceo shift it just behaves like a stock, but it's not going to crash it might dip but buy more it's coming back like these currencies aren't going away if anything there used to be just bitcoin now there's like 13 1400 total coins period so it's like the oh, whole market yeah, yeah if you if you download binance you can scroll through every coin and look at them it's all right wi it's wild i'm, I'm, I'm getting in like it yeah i'm getting in let's look at the chart i wouldn't buy it now because it's it's peaking right now dude all time high 
fucking all-time high. My portfolio, so I, I mean, I'm just, I'm transparent. I told you I put in a thousand after the service fee. Mm-hmm. It was like nine seventy five fifty. So it's like a one percent, like one and a half percent or something. And yeah. it's, I was up when everything peaked yesterday. I was up one hundred and eighty dollars with the service fee that's over two hundred. So just in a month of a dummy like me going, hey, this shit's not going away. Let me buy in and just sit on it. For everybody out there, let's get rich. You know, it's happening. All right, let's get rich. It's happening. Let's get rich. Buy a property, build a studio. And have some left over for an F two fifty or something. For an F two fifty. Yeah. What's that super duty? King Ranch. Oof. Oof. With That's a camper sick. top. Oh dude, with a camper top and the R V trailer. I was thinking about that, man. If you get an R V trailer and a camper top on your truck, you drive out to a campground and then you drive even further with your camper top. And then you can get on bikes and go even or hit it like a river with a canoe and you can just just go unload for fucking ever and keep going that's wild to live like roman yeah that guy on the right yuba there. river so we got a yeah we have a bunch of a bunch of them let's kick it off with the the first one you sent me with the the gates vaccine investment uh so you yeah. sent me that one i guess this could be conflated because he is saying the best investment is in pandemics to, in vaccines to save lives. Though we right. all know what he's talking about. But Bill Gates, this article is from May 17, 2011, and he was talking about pandemic, uh, pandemics, the risk of pandemics, and how investing in vaccine is the best investment to save lives, but also we know for business because if you can get the the vaccine and then every government buys your vaccine and everyone gets one what better product is there than one so that does he need? does he actually make a profit from the um bill and melinda gates foundation every, all those people make profits that's why they do it they get a lot of money in that you get donations you don't spend it all on you get like a million dollars and you spend 20,000 on some park and the other nine hundred and eighty thousand get, you know, goes into your pocket and that pocket. Like John Hopkins and American Red Cross, they do good stuff, but it's like, yeah, they're, but, I th- but the people I at the very top are definitely scraping off the top of it. Yeah, it's a profit thing, but I think there's some fundamental thing rich people practice, which is giving back to the community and being in good standing to continue your success. I think that's part of the foundation too, is just part of the business. At a certain point, start a foundation, help people out, get a bunch of money donated to it. And it's tax. Yeah, and, you know, he's talking about in here, if investors are generous, uh, if donors are generous, we're going to prevent all these deaths, right? Yeah, so if, if donors are if, generous. If people- the donors are the Geneva Convention. Let's... Yeah, that's who he's talking to in this article. The donors are the freaking the Geneva Convention. 194 countries, leaders. It's not like he's talking to Toys R Us. And, and, let's, and let's just be honest, though. He looks creepy as fuck in this picture. Oh, my God. He can't not look creepy, you know? He look just at this is. shit. That looks creepy. His furtive eyes and his weird smile. 
I don't understand how, and it's such a trite question. I don't mean to beat it into the ground, but how does a guy who's known for computers and he really bought the technology and like improved it, which is what got him famous. He never really invented anything. How does that guy become the leading virologist? And he's also on the back end, a climatologist trying to block the sun. And Microsoft's computer programs are also running all the new COVID surveillance systems, smart cities. Maybe he's just a nerd who wants to like try and save the world, man. Yeah, that's the explanation. A philanthropist, you got a lot of money, you can do anything. Right. But like, why is he speaking? What, well, what else should he be doing with all that money and time that he has now? Um, trying to end homelessness, trying to start health care for all, speaking out that 1% of the military budget would fix health care and then everybody could get help during a pandemic. You know, there's other things. You points. Could, you could fix the Flint water problem. You know, you could actually invest in minority communities and build recreational centers with courses, like half, not, half, not schooling, but just courses, you know, like a Karab Maga course and this so much you could do with that money now that would improve people's lives directly instead of all this future preventative hypothetical stuff that somehow they're right on every time like terrorism yeah. and um it's creepy I mean, yeah this so what was he saying here he's well, he, addressing- he says his his top priority is to eradicate polio worldwide um, and because there's there's still children that are getting paralyzed by it, right? In some countries, you know. Yeah, so that's also the 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 interesting part is that there is the actual vaccines that are developed and technology that does help people. Right. That's why it's like we we could either take him at face value with this stuff that he's really just this uh, generous. A uh, guy who is developing these vaccines to be this hero of the world, then he's working on climate change to be a hero of the world, or he's secretly stuffing his pockets more full of money by scraping off the top of his organization. Absolutely. I think, yeah, absolutely. He, um, oh man, I'm having so many thoughts. I can't even remember what I was thinking. Annually fight, wait, wait, two billion, Gates Foundation spends $2 billion of grant money annually to fight diseases like AIDS and malaria. That's a lot of money. $2 billion. Gates Foundation is second to the U.S. in money given to the WHO. Hmm. $220 million given towards the WHO's two-and-a-half-year goal of $4.5 billion, 2010-2011. So there's a lot of money being traded back and forth you know, a decade ago. Yeah. We we can meet these goals with your leadership, making this decade the decade of vaccines. Yeah, that, that I remember reading that statement. I was like, that's kind of... So do we, we just need these vaccines? We need to develop vaccines for diseases that we already know about? Or are they are they just looking ahead and being like, hey, we know that there there's going to be all these viruses that come out, so we need to go ahead and uh, begin... Funding vaccine development to get in front of it is 
yeah how do you develop vaccines for viruses you don't know like how does what yeah that's a great question like how if if you and me were preparing for something we had no idea what it was we just knew it it was in the virus field what the fuck would we do we would take all this money and then basically just start studying virology i mean that's all you can do until something shows up to prevent yeah i wonder how much money all these pharmaceutical companies make on the the research and development of these vaccines as well like i wonder how much even if it, i know the vac like the covid vaccine right now like it's free right for you to get it but yeah how much government money did they receive to develop and produce the vaccine? Yeah, and then how much they're, do they spend on the vaccine? They're companies. They're not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. So the government, someone's paying for it somewhere. Yeah, and you sent a really interesting article. Let me find it. Number one, the Pentagon developing the, the, the microchip because this is oh, where yeah. it's at now. That article was a decade ago, Bill Gates, and now the Pentagon is developing... A, a microchip, microchip that to... will detect COVID under your skin. Mm-hmm. And in the articles, like relaxed conspiracy theorists, they're not being disseminated via vaccines. All right. Well, I love that. And it's developed by DARPA, which is a whole topic in and of itself of the corruption okay. and, and weird experiments that's come out of there. Uh, but what the article did say was it was DARPA was launched during the Cold War to study defense for soldiers against biological weapons. And I put in parentheses, supposedly. The Illuminati Telegraph. We challenge the community to come up with solutions that will be like science fiction, said Dr. Matt Hepburn. His role at DARPA is to take pandemics off the table in pandemics altogether. So that moves the goalpost because once we fix COVID, the next conversation is going to be, we got to stop pandemics period. So people are still going to be in this lockdown quarantine phase just for pandemics in general. So this oh, is you're, never, so never going to stop. So let's describe how this chip is supposed to work. So it's implant, it's an implant, right? And it, it's supposed to act kind of like a check engine light where I think it's supposed to change colors if it detects, you know, the chemical in your bloodstream that is related to COVID. Yeah, there's a chemical reaction, apparently. It takes like a blood sample and it can do it like a day before you actually start showing symptoms. Yeah, it tells the chemical there are chemical reactions going on inside the body and that signal means you're going to have symptoms tomorrow. Um continuously test the the recipient's blood for presence of the virus. Once it's detected, the chip alerts the patient to conduct a ra- rapid blood test, which can be self-administered to confirm the positive result. And that gives you the information in three to five minutes, which allows them to stop the infection in, the tr- in its tracks if you, you truncate that time in terms of diagnosis and treatment. So, uh, yeah, interesting yeah, it said that the standard dialysis machine will be able to filter out the blood and remove color. Well, that was kind of separate from the chip. Yeah, because the, this article is about a 60-minute segment they did on DARPA, I guess, producing this technology. And uh, as a separate part of that, they also showed how they were able to filter COVID-19 from a patient's blood using a dialysis machine. 
And this patient had survived a severe bout of the illness, including organ failure and septic shock, thanks to, the, thanks to this form of treatment. Mm-hmm. It lasted four days, after which the patient made a full recovery. And in all fairness, the, I thought four days, that's how long COVID lasted for me without any medical help. Fair enough. Yeah. But I mean, this was someone that was also like in like full blown about to die. Yeah. yeah. Was there some underlying issues with that with that lady in the article? I thought I read that she had some kind of blood thinner medication or, or was liable uh, to have this, blood clots to begin with. This article does not state that. I thought it did. OK, so could be wrong. It did say that six out of a million people get the blood clot and they well this is not related to the blood clot of the vaccines that's a whole separate subject in and of itself this yeah we is, have a different article about that yeah day. i'm talking about the the person that had covid like a severe bout of covid that got tr- treated with a dialysis machine with a special filter in it that got that made a recovery but yeah so they're developing this technology to put a chip in your skin to detect covid uh yeah or develop to. symptoms, which on the surface sounds really sounds like a good thing, right? Yeah, but it's like, where does where does this technology go? Um, what stops you know what stops someone from like taking advantage of a technology like this? Um, it, it doesn't say anything about who gets it if it's by choice if you have to get it because if they're developing a chip, that's a lot of money, and who's going to well, get it? Who's going to get the so, chip to where it's profitable? Like eight so people. So far, so far, only people inside the defense department have uh, received the implant. Oh, so it's happening! Uh, oh, wow, it's, they've done it inside the defense department. Wow, they hope to close the gap between new di- new diseases and vaccine development down to sixty days using a blood sample from the survivor. But there's going to be a lot of survivors. Ninety nine point five percent survival rate critically important to prevent outbreaks like what happened on the USS Theodore Roosevelt March, April 2020 where 1,271 crew members tested positive. That was like a third of the total crew and none of them died. So So you're like, what's the big deal? Yeah, let's talk about that blood clot article since we were just uh, about it. U.S. calls to pause the Johnson & Johnson vaccine Mm -hmm. over blood clots. This This is the one... This is head headline news right now. This is all over the all over the news, um, and it's all over the news in a way that they're trying to minimize the fact that these people are getting blood clots. They're like it's only happening to a small percentage of them. It's no big deal. You know, it's it's they actually caught it. They're being actually extra uh, cautious about it. In fact, before the podcast, I snapped a picture of the the news. Um, well, I was on in the living room as I was walking through. Of course, they had a, a big slide pulled up on the screen. Pause on J&J COVID-19 vaccine. Overall risk is less than one in one million. Uh, Maybe similar to clotting concerns seen with AstraZeneca vaccine. It's a different technology than Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. And this is a reassuring sign that safety standards are in place and working. <laughs> That's what they said? I swear to God. I wish I could show you the fucking article, but... It wow. won't show up with my background. The uh, not the article, but the screenshot. I just took a picture of it as I was passing through the living room. I was like, I, "Look at this shit!" They're just trying to super downplay the yeah the um, dangers fairness, of rushing this type of vaccines out. When I was reading this article, you had sent me 
had mentioned that six in a million get it, which is yeah. not a it's not a lot because uh-huh. more women get blood clots from birth control pills than this vaccine. Four in true. ten thousand women. That is true. And then they treat the blood clot the same way they treat somebody suffering with blood clots normally, with a compound. Um, hold on, similar to he- a rare heparin. abnormal immune system. Yeah, he- heparin. Abnormal, heparin. similar to an abnormal immune system response. People treat with heparin. Yeah, a compound occurring in the liver and other tissues that inhibits blood coagulation called heparin. Should I just treat it with the normal thing and then they're good? So. It's almost like maybe in this situation, Johnson and Johnson is right, where it's like not that big of a deal. Yeah, you're probably right. I just thought it was uh, interesting. But I do love the fact that it's all over the media. I, I love that, you know, um, a broken clock is right twice a day. So the media is covering a, a really good conspiracy theory right now. It's not Russia, it's not this, and it's not that. You know, it, Somebody came out. Oh, I just saw Kamala Harris speaking of propaganda. Kamala Harris said, Kamala Harris. We have figured out like a press conference, you know, with the background and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We figured out what's causing, I'm paraphrasing, what's causing uh, inequality among black women suffering in the workforce. And it's system, and, the, and it is. Systemic racism and inequ- racial inequalities. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I thought you were just okay. going to give like a technical answer to a problem. And you just threw in this kind of abstract, subjective oh, yeah. civil, civil rights. Like, how is that an answer? Like, OK, right. systemic racism. But what? Like, what's the what's the process that disenfranchises them? I'm not saying it's not happening, but her answer was nothing. Like what's the process that disenfranchises based on systemic racism? Is it the way they have to clock in every day? They have to do it over here so they don't get access to the cafeteria? No, like, man, you, you need to study critical race theory because uh, you don't you, – everyone's a racist. That's, the, the, that's what it is. If you, if everyone's a racist. That's race, literally – Racism manifests itself in every interaction between two people of different races every time, no matter what. And it's your job to figure out where and how it manifested itself in that interaction and fix it. Okay, well, speaking of living in a fake world, your brain on science fiction, I thought was... Oh, yeah, that was very interesting. That was really cool, man, how some people can attach themselves to fictional characters and really lose themselves in it. So they basically did this study where they had 19 fans of the Game of Thrones series. Um, and they hooked them up to, to an fMRI machine and they watched how their brain lit up, how blood flowed to the brain, different portions of the brain. While they asked them about different questions of the characters, of themselves and of their friends and family members. Um, and they focused on, a tra- on something called trait identification. The ventral so, medial prefrontal cortex. That's where that trait identification takes place in the brain. Yeah. Um, in a questionnaire that they completed as part of the study, some participants agreed really strongly with statements like, I really get involved in the feelings of the characters in a novel. 
So people who are high in trait identification not only get absorbed in the story, but they are also really absorbed into a particular character. They report matching the thoughts of the character, what the character is thinking. Uh, they are feeling what the character is feeling, and they feel like they're inhabiting the role of the character. And when they watched them on this fMRI machine and they evaluated themselves, those that scored higher in trait identification um, that were being asked about their favorite characters in Game of Thrones, it lit up the same areas of the brain that it lit up when they were being asked questions about themselves. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really fucking cool. Yeah, it is interesting. And the, and the people that had less trait identification going on it lit up less when thinking about the character and i thought it was cool when i was really thinking about it because maybe you know people who love fiction and get all you think they're wasting their time like someone playing video games or something right but maybe it's actually a healthy practice to fixate on a character that represents who you are because scientifically they're showing that that's not delusion it's actually the same thing in your brain and that's good to focus on positives and to have confidence and if you're following a character that represents you you can kind of get that confidence and you know start to trust your instincts more it might actually be a healthy practice to find a character you like and well i like how there's a quote at the very end of the article from um, one of the co-authors of the study. And he says, for some people, fiction is a chance to take on new identities, to see worlds through others' eyes and return from those experiences changed. So that's a really cool thing. Yeah, It's deep, yeah. That's the opposite of what conventionally you'd think about somebody watching fiction. They're not wasting their time in a delusion. They're actually... It's a real, it's a real impact. You know, I'm, yes. I am, I am the way I am because of reading all those Jack Reacher novels. That's why I'm intimidating. Oh, that's you, why, you that's like why Jack I, Reacher novels? That's why I handle my business. That's why women find me irresistible and <laughs> men respect me. You know? Yeah. Because Jack you, Reacher. I like Jack Reacher novels. I know. I'm just messing. The only one I've yeah. ever read was that audio CD you gave me. It's funny. It's the pretty movies, good. The movie sucked. Man, I disagree, man. The movies were kick-ass and John Wick sucked. That's my true opinion. John Wick sucks and Jack Reacher was fucking on. But I didn't know Jack Reacher was supposed to be tall. Yeah. It just I guess the character choice. So we, we discussed this before. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool that people lose themselves in fiction and it really gives them a chance to take on a new identity and make may, maybe make a change in their life. From that experience that they have, taking on that identity in fiction might give someone the type of inspiration or motivation to actually go out and and do something in real life with that, right? Yeah. So, absolutely. And then he says at the end, what previous studies have found is that when people experience stories as if they were one of the characters, a connection is made with that character, and the character becomes intertwined with the self. In the study that they've conducted, they see evidence of that in the brain really cool yeah so i've been watching the uh godzilla animations on netflix 
the Japanese. I have not. Ones. I have not. They're made very well. You know, I'm trying to get into things I haven't been into, like superheroes and old action. I love explosions. I love the lights and the, you know, I just love yeah. it. But I don't really like the actual movies and the stories. So yeah, the stories usually to... suck in those. Yeah, and you don't believe it because it's fake. I like documentaries because that's real. Right. So it's like when I watch fiction movies, it's got to be really good, like Jack Reacher. <laughs> I need to go watch that fucking movie again now. I guess I, I didn't give it a chance because of. Uh, it's good, man. Tom Cruise is awesome. He just he eats his lollipop and then he breaks guys' legs, and the right. chicks want him, but he never he never goes for him because he's too busy. Well, because he's a roaming yeah, he's just a like a roaming guy going around fucking fixing all these problems in these small towns. Yep. Speaking of small towns. I love this article about the music algorithms and who they're least likely to predict. That was probably the worst transition I've ever heard on this podcast. Yeah. Well, it worked. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So dive into this one, man. 4,148 music listeners on listen.fm were split. Last.fm. What is it? Last.fm. Really? It's not listen? It, it, read the article. It's right there in front of you. Last.fm. I'm reading my notes. It's last.fm. Anyway, sorry. Should I still, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so silly. Split into two equal groups, mainstream and non-mainstream listeners. Non-mainstream equals high-energy hip-hop and hard rock. And mainstream equals, like, ambient. Actually, let me let me read that because that's that's mm -hmm. not correct. Non-mainstream listeners: one, acoustic instruments like folk; two, high-energy rock or hip-hop; three, acoustic, no vocals, ambient; four, high-energy, no vocals, electronica. That's non-mainstream. Ambient listeners were found likely to listen to hard rock, folk, or electronica. Those who listen to high-energy music were least likely to like something recommended by one of the four main algorithms so high energy music like hip-hop and hard rock falls in non-mainstream they're less likely to like something from the algorithm those who listen to ambient were more likely so which makes sense because the ambient kind of makes you a little bit mindless and carefree and like yeah whatever it is bro yeah i'm just here for the moment just let it play and i relate to the high energy because that's kind of what I like. It's real easy to turn on a Zero record or August Burns Red record and get to rocking right away. But you turn on like a Cecil Taylor record or some jazz, even ambient or folk, it, it moves slower and it, you know, can't get into yeah. it sometimes. Well, you know, and, and this, this article highlights how like the algorithms that are written for all these streaming services are not catered to non-mainstream music listeners. It's really catered for mainstream music listeners. So, like, you'll get accurate recommendations if you're someone who listens to pop or, uh, you know, a, a form of mainstream music. But if you're someone like us that likes to, like, I like death metal and 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 hip hop and rap and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's uh, it doesn't do a good job of recommending stuff that I would likely listen to most of the time. They don't. Unless you specifically so, put it on a radio station right. of an artist. That, well, that's but, not 
that's not an algorithm making a recommendation and that's me making a conscious decision to go into the app and create my own experience and within it you know but does the algorithm kick in when you, like cataclysm i search up their radio and um the algorithm so, kicks yeah in. it's supposed in to that kick genre, in, i guess it'll show that. me the most pot because i still get a lot of shit when i pick a radio station like five iron frenzy radio it gives me the kind of poppy bright five iron frenzy songs i don't get the good hardcore ones off the record so yeah. it's the algorithm is still like torturing me with these and then i'll get like i don't know you just get the most generic shit and every now and then you get one where it's really cool yeah but i, I loved the way that they answered the algorithm it's almost like kind of condescending to like a hipster who's trying to listen to obscure stuff it says I imagine like a kind of a cunty person talking down to me. The algorithms favor popular choices. So less popular choices are less likely to show up. It's like, oh, so I'm not popular. I'm not the cool guy. That's basically it. It's that simple. It's just not popular. So no one gives a shit. People who listen to ambient can more easily be predicted than high energy hip hop and hard rock. Well, so and I think you're maybe misunderstanding the way the study was broken down. Like ambient was one of the forms of non-mainstream music. They just had four categories of non-mainstream music okay. studied: ambient, folk, hip hop, and hard rock, basically. Uh, well, okay, sorry, ambient. No, the groups were listeners of music with uh, music only containing acoustic instruments such as folk, listeners of high-energy music like rock and hip-hop, listeners of music with acoustic instruments and no vocals, which was ambient, and then listeners of high-energy music with no vocals such as electronica. And they found that the algorithm did a better job in out of those non-mainstream categories. It did a better job of predicting music that ambient listeners would would like the most and made the best recommendations for those but for high energy music like what you and I like it made very inaccurate recommendations I agree made very inaccurate recommendations and they go on to talk about how as increasing amounts of music become available with the music streaming services uh these types of recommendation systems are essential in helping us search, sort, and filter the extensive music collections. You know, but overall, um, I'm happy with Spotify and all that, and and, and the show. Oh yeah, I'm happy I, with the with the the breadth, the the library of music available to us. Yeah, I I mean I don't pick from the home menu, um, you know, fitness radio like the logo or you know party i don't pick from that that's when you're really going to get overwhelmed with lots of horse shit i do like the radio when i search my own obscure artist right you know it, it does do it does because well, do well. sometimes it'll and, and this article talks about how this study they did it's not like it's super duper accurate they just did four thousand they studied four thousand people right and then they 
only studied one music service, Last FM. So it's not like they had a huge yeah. sample size. A very small sample size. Um, but it was pretty interesting how it just... Who the fuck is listening to Last FM? I've never heard of it. For at least 4,000 people. Sorry, what were you saying? Nothing. Oh, I cut you off with, <laughs> with that. You're good. Anyway. It's moving on. Failed oh. doses. I, I loved this one. A mix-up. Oh yeah, I sent you this one before they, you know, they paused the actual Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I don't, I, I don't trust this fucking company for anything. Johnson they, and Johnson. They, their, their big corruption scandal that is kind of their magnum opus was intentionally putting asbestos or distributing their baby powder, knowing it had asbestos. Oh, and their baby foods were also found to have a ton of heavy metals in them as well. Yeah, these companies, and you know, with Operation Warp Speed, we talked about a few episodes ago. Yeah, where we bypassed the bureaucracy and used these big private companies who are also part of the military-industrial complex. The, like Johnson and Johnson on the back end, it's like making chemicals for chemical warfare. You know, IBM was one of the big computer systems that. You know, it was part of the logistics, just the, the, the hardware of achieving the Holocaust. And here they are with Microsoft, IBM, all these years later, like designing the computer systems for the new Great Reset, the new smart cities. You know, all these people on the back end, I say people, these companies on the back end have corrupt pasts with the military. Yeah. It's like, you know, as a consumer, they make the baby lotion and God, it smells so good. It makes my skin soft. What are you talking about? Asbestos and the Holocaust. And here they are. I mean, what awesome companies to be here like 100 years later, still in the forefront of saving the world. So, yeah, I don't trust these fucking companies either. But this factory mix-up is just funny. It's just fun to laugh because no one got hurt. Yeah, thank think. God. No, no one got hurt. None of the vaccines made it out of the factory. But It happened before the manufacturing process so they're like oh it's fine it didn't get to manufacturing it was early so a mix-up in baltimore led to 15 million doses of the johnson and johnson vaccine ruined and future shipments delayed j and j worked with emergent biosolutions for a key ingredient in the vaccine who also works with astrazeneca and it's also happens. having blood clot problems right now in europe yeah and you're really yeah europe okay workers at the facility mixed up <clears throat> those ingredients for a different coronavirus vaccine they had yet to be authorized to distribute the vaccine, uh, leaving their verification status on hold. So they can't get verified because they fucked up before manufacturing, plus the blood clots. Fantastic. Yeah. That's who we Fantastic. have saving our country. This emergent biosolutions uh, company this manufacturing company for uh, for them, uh, they're apparently piles of shit as well because they're having all these problems with the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine over in Europe and how that's causing blood clots and they're trying to figure that out. Yeah. That's why that's not approved over here in the U.S., by the way. So, um, I think about... They also, they also manufacture Johnson Johnson here. 
I'm not buying their baby lotion. It's not happening. Uh, yeah. I'm going to stick with Olay or Finesse. That's it. I think about... What was I thinking about? So there's an alternative way to do vaccines where people like me would trust it. And it's, number one, let's not have lockdowns that crash the economy where the richest companies get richer by the same deficit the people and working class got poorer by $3.7 trillion, the wealth gap. <coughs> Let's not do that without universal basic income and Medicare for all. We can do that. Thailand has a great health care. We're one of the only countries that hasn't done it. We can. They just sign a paper and there you go. So if you're going to lock down, bail the people out so that the banks that get our bailout don't also absorb property people lose. So if you're going to lock down, bail the people out. And if you're going to make a vaccine, don't bypass bureaucracy to give it to corrupt big corporations to rush it without testing to the population where there's health issues and they're not liable for anything. Use bureaucracy, do the proper testing, make sure it's good and roll it out. And in the meantime, lockdowns are fine because the government's bailing us out and suicide and crime isn't going up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a right. way to do this the right way. But it wasn't that, done. It wasn't done the right way, and that's where the pushback from people like me come from. It's not that I don't believe in vaccines. It's not that I don't trust people to get shit done in the government. And it's not that I don't favor lockdowns, because I get it. You know, if you keep your distance from people, you can stop the spread, right? Right. But it's not to be done like this and still they're not talking about vitamin d and immune system to fight right. something with there's no balance there's it's all this obvious agenda to achieve something it's like a a guy on a date who just keeps pushing it like come on come on let's go come on let's go to the bathroom come on show yeah. me your boob just let me see your areoli just let me see your nipple one time come on it's like they haven't even brought the appetizers like come on just let me see your boobs come on just show me no one can see you know you can't trust that guy and it's no. like that's that's what the government and all this is doing. They're like, come on, come on, come on, let's get it out there. Let's get the fact. Come on, lock down. Come on, everybody, just accept. Come on, come on, come on. They're pushing it, and it's not right. They're 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 sexually harassing us with their science. We're being scientifically harassed. You know, it's a shame. I get it. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm I get it. I'm living it. You know, except we can't go to the bathroom and call our friend to pick us up and duck out. You know, we're stuck. This where are we gonna go? Where are we gonna go? We're gonna go to New Zealand where we got a quarantine for three months, and now we're all alone in the ocean. You know, we're gonna move to Wuhan where their lockdowns are over, and you're an illegal citizen. What are you gonna do? You're just stuck here. Well, did you see in Chile? They have. You have to get police permission to leave your house for two hours. You have to do it ahead before you go to the grocery store. Did you see all that happening that's, in Chile? That's amazing. Did you see it? Well, well, that's 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 where we're going. We're gonna have to like uh, have our vaccine passport on hand before we can leave the house. Uh, our microchip that we have inside of us has to be uh, red. If it's green, you can't leave. Um, yeah, that's where we're going. Exactly, and that was my question earlier. Is Who's going to get the chip? Like, they're spending so much money on this, they're going to have to make everyone get it so it's worth it. Who's going to be like, oh, I got to go get the chip? 
mean, that's serious. They're going to force that on people. It's going to be mandate. You know, there's well, no. Well, it's like they're, they're going to say right now, they're like, no, it's not going to get forced. You're just a conspiracy theorist. That's not coming. But at the same time last year, whenever we were talking about vaccine passports, you got called a fucking conspiracy theorist. Like, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. That's not coming. Now they want to mandate vaccine passports. Yeah. And, the, and a fair argument that I can't get around is that you've had to get vaccines in the past. True. The flu shot, the polio. When you know, I they they when I went to college the first time, I had to show my paperwork that I had my shots and shit. When Ford got a green card, she had to get like seven needles and all this stuff. So it's like, so far, it's not there yet. It's just, a, but it's gonna be there because it's happening in Chile, and you're not gonna be able to go to stores or banks or anywhere. You won't be able to participate. They're gonna shut down your PayPal. Because you're not going to be able to make an account with right. it, you know. It, I mean, it's going there. Why? The level of a control that the government has is what's scary. It's not that there's not a public health crisis that is going on that needs to get taken care of. It's that what is being ushered in alongside of this public health crisis. What what level of control are they administering that we will not be able to pull back from when this is all said and done? The Telegraph. Yeah, and they never pull back. Like nothing the government well, ne- ever creates never, gets retracted. Never. Patriot Patriot Act never got pulled back. Never. Like, do you think do ever. you think that's gonna get pulled back in Chile? The police yeah. permission like uh, okay, I we're mean, good. hopefully that's that's ridiculous. That like that's you can't man. And then that Boris is, Johnson uh, remember we talked about Boris Johnson started that really strict lockdown based off of one guy that was spitting false science from that faction, that science faction. Yeah. That most of the people were like, hey, don't do this lockdown. We don't have the data. Well, Boris Johnson just came out and said, we got to get ready for a fourth wave. Even if you got the vaccine, it's not going to stop it. Like this guy, all of these things are repeating. All of the things are repeating because- Well, that was my question. Before I forget, real quick. And and then the the narratives are continuing with that COVID chip because they're talking about ending pandemics altogether and then how would they be profitable with the chip unless they force everybody to get it like a thousand people get it and they wasted billions of darpa dollars or something just like this narrative they're already putting the narrative for the future for this shit to continue under different you know what i'm saying like just like the narrative at the beginning led into where we are now and it was all conspiracy the narratives now are leading us where it's going to be next year and right now it's all conspiracy it's like they're once you can catch the narrative and, and see it, you can't unsee it, and then you can start predicting the future. It's really that simple. It's so predictable, but if you just don't see it, you don't see it. And once you right. see it, you can't unsee it. What were you saying? You had a question. Oh, I, oh, you said about the vaccines, how they're saying there's a fourth wave. The vaccine, you're still going to catch it even with the vaccines. It's like That was my question to one of my friends the other day that got the vaccine. His wife is in the medical field and stuff. It's like, so should I should I bother getting the vaccine? So they're telling me it won't prevent me necessarily from getting COVID. It won't prevent me necessarily from spreading COVID. So then what the fuck's the point? And they're like, well, it's gonna if you do get it, it won't be as severe. I'm like, okay. I feel pretty confident that my immune system, I haven't been sick in ten years. And this, it's I mean, a maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Five percent survival rate too. So it's like my healthy 33 year old man that fucking works out every day, right? And and tries to eat fairly healthy and take takes my vitamins and shit. Like if I get it, 
I don't think it's going to fuck. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's going to fucking kill me. So do I need to bother with this vaccine that is only good for six months that I'm going to have to get again in another six months? Whenever it won't it won't protect me from catching it and it won't protect me from spreading it. What's the fucking point? I love that because there's so much science about diet and immune system, specifically with COVID just in the last year that shows that diet and immune system and like over 80% of patients in the hospital for COVID are vitamin D deficient and like 12 or a really low percent like are not vitamin D deficient, but they have like underlying issues or something. There's right. so, and plus with the 99.5% survival rate, the only people getting affected every now and then you got like a healthy person that really gets it bad, you know, every now and again. And you're right. You know, you know what what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe I would catch it. I would fucking die. I, I could be totally wrong about that. But like but, the same thing with pneumonia. People get pneumonia or mono and they'll be out of school for like two weeks and they're like, it was terrible. Yeah. But I don't know. But um, there's so much science that if someone's on the fence about vaccine or not, it's like if you look at the vaccine science and it doesn't really it doesn't guarantee health more than the science for diet and just taking care of yourself specifically right. with COVID. It's like right. there, there is another option for people to trust. I was kind of making my point to him. Like, I don't think I, I, I don't know, but the media is never talking about that. It. My point was that like, I, I think that I have positioned myself well enough from an immune system standpoint mm -hmm. and a diet standpoint where I shouldn't need to go even waste my fucking time with a vaccine that's not necessarily going to prevent me from catching it or prevent me from spreading it. The biggest thing for me would be preventing the spread of it because I have a pregnant, I have a, my wife is seven, almost eight months pregnant. I don't want her catching COVID, right? Like, it's the last thing I need is her getting getting the shit. So if, if it would 100% be preventative and, and, and stopping the transmission of it, sure, I would be like way more on board with getting it but if it's not and maybe and if and if it is and i'm wrong about that then someone please correct me but from from what i've been hearing and seeing that it it doesn't 100 percent stop it. so anyway fourth wave in uh london they're gonna lock down even further just gotta look at you just gotta look at the narrative now and you can see what what's going to be coming within the next year yeah denver i see marketing everywhere for smart city like smart city denver enjoy smart city oh, You're smart city yeah denver's gonna be one of the first definitely gonna be one of the first and new york and i think they're already rolling out smart city stuff in new york i love that they're gonna be watching you every every step of the way and they're gonna be looking for every microaggression that you have against against minorities Speaking of microaggressions, how about that? Speaking of microaggressions, look at that transition, boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> how about this kid that got, what, did he get banned from school? Uh, not yet. He They're going to court about it. First of all, hold on. Let me share my screen. I got the audio clip. I'm, okay. I'm going to see if it, I'm going to play it. It's short, but I think it's important. You'll be able to just hear what this kid's probably going to get brand, uh, banned. Okay, let's see if the audio works because it's weird. All right, let's see if it works. Let's Don't talk during the audio so I can volume automate it up. All right, let me try this. 
I'll pause it. Can you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Okay, never mind. You you can't hear it. All right, scratch that. Folks, go find the article. Go listen to it. We need to get OBS writing because I think we can intentionally route like a yeah. internet audio. window audio and stuff. You could really dig in. We're going to get better at this, folks. All right, my bad. What was the audio? Was it him? Well, actually... it was just it was the actual recording of him asking the question. So this kid was at um, a panel discussion about microaggressions. Um, they had a portion of the discussion where you were able to ask questions uh, during the presentation, and he had a que- and he basically he said this. He said, "Thank you for your presentation." I had a few questions just to clarify your definition of microaggressions. Is it a requirement to be a victim of a microaggression that you are a member of a marginalized group? The presenter replied, well, it's not. It's not a requirement. Well, he suggested that it was contradictory because she had a slide in her presentation that defined microaggressions as negative interactions with members of marginalized groups. They clashed for a few minutes about how to define the term. It was a pretty polite disagreement, and that's why I wanted to let you listen to the audio because it was pretty, pretty tame. It was pretty mild. The guy was pretty respectful, in my opinion. Can you send me the? the it's uh, in the article. It's in the article. The link is in okay. the article. I'll, yeah. I'll have show notes under the podcast description wherever you're at, looking at it. So. Yeah, it was a pretty tame disagreement. He, uh, the, the presenter maintained that microaggression theory was broad and important and that slights caused real harm. He expressed skepticism that a microaggression could be distinguished from an unintentionally rude statement. Uh, His doubts were well-founded given that the theory is not a particularly rigorous concept. So the uh, assistant professor who organized the event thought that his questions were too pointed. So they filed something called a professionalism concern card, which is a record of a student's violations of the university policy. They said that he was uh, antagonistic uh, in his line of questioning. He pressed on and stated that one faculty, they said he pressed on and stated one faculty member was being contradictory and that his level of frustration and anger escalated until another faculty member diffused the situation by calling on another student for questions. And that they were shocked that a med student should show so little respect toward faculty members. And it worries how he will do onwards after that. Those people need to fight. They need to train martial arts and fight. Because the way you show respect, according to Brendan Sean, is by knocking out the legend. If you're fighting a legend and you show too much respect, you know, go for it. He said the way you show respect is by knocking him the fuck out. That's what he said. He was a fighter. So it's like... It's the same dynamic. If you're a scholar, the way you show respect is questioning and debating. When and that's all he was. That's all the kid was trying to do. Like it, that's why I wanted to let you listen to the clip. He wasn't rude or frustrated or angry at all. It's just they were getting frustrating because they he was he had he caught them. He caught them. He, they didn't know how to answer his line of questioning. They they got stumped I at his questioning. And he's like understand they were like, it. fuck. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to address this. How do we? How do we address this? And they just so they fucking kicked the kid out of school, basically. Anyway, let me carry on. Can you clarify the conversation they had? The questions because I I kind of got lost in the big words. I'll be honest. I got so lost. the lady was saying she had a slide up saying that microaggressions are defined as blah blah. This 
something against a marginalized group. Basically, you're a victim. You can only be a victim of microaggression if you're part of a marginalized group. Was basically what the slide stated. So the kid like stood up and asked, like, "Hey, are can you clarify your definition? Like, do you have to be a member of a marginalized group?" And then the person went on to go and contradict what was on the slide right before he asked the question, and they clashed about how to define the term microaggression. And if you go listen to the audio clip, it'll make a little bit more sense because he goes on. I, I don't remember exactly what the discussion was, but he goes on to, to basically. Uh, I'm going to play uh, the audio goes, clip from my from my phone. I'm going to text the link to my phone and just play it on my phone in the in the microphone. So carry on while I load this. You got to find you get, it. You're going to have to find it. Let me just do it from mine because you got to find where it's it's like a 30 minute audio recording. Did you hear that audio? Um, Did you hear that? No. Okay. So audio is not working on my end. I'm getting it pulled up. Hold on. Okay. Thank God for the audio. That's really going to help him in court. Yeah. When it's like a team of scholars yelling at him and he's being quiet and the judge is like, yeah, case dismissed. That's a good really. Uh, we will have that response that the response we hope but and no but in the definition it just said you had to all right hold on in the definition you just provided in the last slide so that's contradictory all right hold on all right um and do you guys have anything you'd like to add before we open up to questions can you hear that yes all right we'll play the audio now i'll just thank you for that because um i've been well versed in the term microaggression since i arrived department of surgery but I had no idea it was such a well-studied and granularly examined topic so that's actually going to help me a lot going forward I didn't I didn't um, understand was that it that, that's not it uh, hello thank okay. you for your uh, presentation um, I had a few questions just to clarify um your definition of microaggressions is it a requirement to be a victim of microaggression that you are a member of a marginalized group and no and no but in, in the definition it just said you had to be a member of the marginalized group in the definition you just provided in the last slide so that's contradictory um what i have there is kind of the generalized um definition in fact i extended beyond that um I, as you see i um extended to any marginalized group and sometimes it's not a marginalized group um there are examples that you would think maybe not fit such as body size um height weight and if that is how you'd like to see me expand it, yes, indeed, that's how I do. Yeah, uh, follow-up question. Uh, exactly how do you define marginalized and who is a marginalized group? Where does that go? I mean, it seems extremely nonspecific. And um, that's intentional. That's intentional to make it more nonspecific because, again, if we can be just kind of limited to say, well, it's only this and it's only that and everything else that you say or do um, does not fit that category, then in fact, we make that too limiting and um, make it such that only those bad people think about things that way. But the rest of us who are good 
and um, caring couldn't possibly say or do those kinds of things. Yeah, and a third component about your definition of microaggression and how you said, oh, hi, it's distinguished from rude statements. You clarified that is because the person who is receiving the microaggressions somehow knows the intention of the person who made it, somehow knows whether or not that person is educated, whether that person is actually intentionally harming them, or whether or not they are unintentionally harming them. One. Two, the distinguishing factor that we also should make between where a rude statement is and what, you're, what you are now defining as a microaggression is that a microaggression is entirely dependent on how the person who's receiving it is reacting. It could be dependent on the previous relationship. It's not exactly what the person is saying. So the evidence that you provided, and you said you studied this for years, which is one anecdotal case. I mean, do you have, did you study anything else about microaggressions that you know in the last few years? Okay, let's let's take it back a little bit. Um, that's why I wanted to give you the definition of, of my example of the Dutch. Okay. I had not intended to say anything that to make a comment with a friend. I was not going to say anything that I thought was negative. But in fact, I had offended. I didn't know I had offended. I wouldn't have known I had offended until that person let me know that that was hurtful. Now, when someone tells you that they um, have been hurt or harmed by an expression, I think it's on us to figure out how not to be hurt or harmful to people in the future. Yeah, but isn't it really out of my control what hurts somebody? I can't control what offends. I can punch the air, and if that makes somebody mad, that's not really my problem or my fault. If I punch someone in the face and it directly hurts them, I have incited at them, that's completely different. So, again, what is the basis for which you're going to tell someone that they've committed a microaggression? You hear a story from someone, but how do you know that their interpretation is not subject to bias, that they don't have a previous, they don't prejudice towards the person that they're saying made it? I mean, where are you getting this basis from? How are you studying this and collecting evidence on this and making press statements on it? Okay, I'll um, take that, and I think we should make sure to open up the floor to lots of people for questions. Of course, yeah. So I um, am from West Virginia, and um, my on my father's side um, was sort of transplanted to West Virginia, but my mother's side has been from West Virginia since the 1700s. And growing up, I was privileged enough to be able to go out of state to attend summer camps, and a rejoining refrain I heard all the time was, oh, you don't sound like you're from West Virginia. Or immediately, you know, lots of harmless jokes like, oh, but you're wearing shoes. Oh, but you're here at this math camp. Is that a oh, microaggression? Why are you bothering to get up? And, and these were all, you could argue, said in good fun and by people who don't yeah, know what Hold they're on. saying. And, you know, I grew up innocent to that and never pushed back on it. But I'll tell you, when I got to uh, residency and I saw how people started, you know, thinking less of me because I was from a rural state, I began to understand the impact of these microaggressions. It doesn't matter. There's, you have to learn to uncouple the intent of what you're saying and the impact it has on the audience. And you have to have a responsibility of the impact of your actions. And if you um, make a statement that someone considers insensitive, the first thing you can say is, oh my gosh, that was not my intent. But don't get frustrated with that person for bringing it to your attention. I have to re respond to that because um, I never talked about getting frustrated at a person for making a statement. I never condone any statements that you are making like that. But what I'm saying is that what you're providing is anecdotal evidence. That's what you provided, that's what you provided. No, I think she's uh, provided a lot of citations in the literature. And I was just, I'm sorry, I was just reading your body language. Would you like to ask a question? They cut him off right there. So I appreciate that you wow. uh, 
That was he it. was asking so, very fair questions. Like, yeah, what's, very your fair questions. what's your scientific He's, data that lets me know? And she had none. She had, and what, what was interesting is she added the minority part to the definition. And her big explanation just now was her own experience with microaggression. So her own experience, she's not a minority. It's a white chick. Obviously a white lady. So she so, added the minority thing to like pander yeah. to... She, Wow, and he got kicked out of school for that. Well, so that whole thing, so it it led to, so first, the professionalism wow. concern card. So the last lady you heard talking, she was the one who filed the professionalism concern card. Wow. Right? And that's like basically a, viol, like a, 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 something on your record that shows you violated school policy. Yeah. Right? Then he got, uh, he got an email from a, an assistant dean in the medical school. The assistant dean said, I simply want to help you understand and be able to cope with unintended consequences of conversations. So the kid responded to that, that he hadn't um, stating this. He said, you observed dis your observed discomfort of me from wherever you sat was not at all how I felt. I was quite happy that the panel gave me so much time to engage with them about the semantics regarding the comparison of microaggressions and barbs. I have no problems with anyone on the panel. I simply wanted to give them some basic challenges regarding the topic. And I understand that there is a wide range of acceptable interpretations on this. I would be happy to meet with you at your convenience to discuss further. I love this guy. Yeah. By the way, earlier, like whenever the chick submitted the professionalism concern card, she stated that he kept getting increasingly frustrated and angry. Did he sound like that in that recording that you just listened to? No, he sounded like a like a PhD in philosophy, like super fluent and calm with his right. delivery. You know this what I mean? Kid was yeah. yeah I think he did very all. well. I think he had a fair question. What's your scientific data? You've provided anecdotes, and then she went on to provide an anecdote of herself, which undermined the emphasis on minorities that she added. Insane, well, insane! You can't question idiots like that. So they went on to. There's a committee, right, the Academic Standards and Achievement Committee, and they voted to send him a written reminder to show mutual respect to faculty members and express yourself appropriately. And they suggested that he get counseling. Well, then it, the, the suggestion for counseling moved from just a suggestion, and they mandated it. So he was, he was informed that he must be evaluated by psychological services before they would let him go to class again. I love this because this brings in government institutional psychological services because once you're mandated in there's cases where people are totally sane and fine but the person keeps saying they're not on their report basically they're saying it yeah Go ahead. So, so they can lock him in they can keep him locked into a psychological ward you know this is this is a, a really messed up cycle this is really dangerous and that's it's, and this can like, potentially happen with COVID with the chip. They're like, oh, you oh. tested positive, we got to bring you in. They come bring you into some uh, FEMA camp with the barbed wire facing inside, because it's a prison, not outside. Because you know this is dangerous, man. This is day. I mean, this can. This is just showing you like what like our groupthink culture can potentially get us right. You question the the main narrative. You question the main science. narrative at all and then you get banished yeah right? and this Insti is like a it starts in the universities first always 
like the institutions and the factions of science are pushing bullshit and you can't push back because of because you get banished from the system that's what's so wild man is like it's we're watching the propaganda and the fake science come from these institutions and people still can't believe it's these institutions that are propped up to do this like like on one end you got people like you and me who can see them lying to our face and see that and then on the other hand you got people that eat it up because no way they'd lie to my face no way fauci would lie to me no way harvard no way this is funded look how nice like it's it's wild man what's up is down and what's down is up it's true man it's gaslighting yeah where you lie on purpose to cover yourself or something so he was uh so he kept asking what he did what he was being accused of and why he was going to have to be counseled why his enrollment status was in doubt and that just pissed him off further so they ended up at his hearing he was accused of being extremely defensive in order to change his aggressive and threatening behavior and then he was suspended on december 30th and or in order to leave campus on december 30th for aggressive and inappropriate interactions in multiple situations so they like like I was saying it was gaslighting. They were they were saying that he had behaved aggressively when he hadn't. Dude, this he, is crazy, man. He was be- cited for his increasing confusion, frustration, and hostility toward the disciplinary process as evidence that he was aggressive. And that's because he just asked a fair question. This is wild. It's hard to wrap my head around. He asked fair questions. He opened up a scientific debate. He made good points, and the UVA police are involved. And he's now forced to have psychological evaluation of which they're not going to let him out of that easy. He's showing signs of insanity. He's showing signs of this and that. And he's not. He's just disagreeing with these people. Like, what are you doing having me in here? There's nothing wrong with me. It's like, oh, he's in denial and they check off. And now he's stuck in there. So he's going to court for them violating his First Amendment rights, and I hope he wins. Yeah, he's going to win. I hope so, man. This is so fucked up. What college was this again? Uh, this is the University of Virginia. Ah, uh, where the court... Where the... Where the where the White House is, huh? Homeland of politics. I don't understand how people don't see through bullshit. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. It just takes effort, Dylan. That's why, man. I don't get it. Well, all right. We got two more to go. We got... I'm going to refresh my coffee here. All right. All right. What's next, buddy? All right. Biden's broadband bonanza. Yeah, there, there's a lot of... This was a big article. Yeah, it was, but it, it was it, it's pretty simple to break down. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, um, it's two, basically about the $2 trillion infrastructure jobs bill that Biden-Harris administration is proposing. You know, the article starts off talking about how... It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and it's... It's a lot hey, of about, things that are that are considered infrastructure that it's it's an easy way for them to cons- to, to to fit money into like their specific special interest and special needs because they can de- they're trying to pretty much define anything and everything as infrastructure. I got an you idea. I got an idea. Two trillion dollar infrastructure bill. First things first, 
water infrastructure in Flint, a couple playgrounds and a YMCA. And then we can move on to solar panels, right? Solar panels and satellites. Just an idea. No shit. Just an idea. We should fix that, right? Homelessness in L.A., uh, you know, homelessness in Seattle. And, 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 you know, let's just shave like half a percent off the top of the bill. Just catch up on what we're behind on. And then we can move on. Just an idea. No shit, man. Biden and Harris know best, though. They're going to. Oh, get, yeah. They're getting shit yeah. done. So personal care and parental leave. That counts as infrastructure, right? Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Personal care, hair, nails. That's infrastructure. Know, that's laser should be part of, therapy. That should be part of the job. Hey, speaking of adrenochrome therapy, speaking of, you know how the, can Alex Jones was talking about baby blood and how they terrorize the babies because it increases adrenaline in the blood and it's the adrenaline in the blood that reduces your aging and all that became conspiracy and mm-hmm. people were going crazy because people like me were saying, hey, adrenochrome's a thing and they might be actually drinking blood, period. And now all these big factions that push propaganda in New York Times Vogue, you know, women's health, men's health. They're starting to talk about how the new science shows that young blood can reverse aging. Is it a new thing? Is young blood? Tr- it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Did you notice all that? I, oh, yeah. I've been because noticing. it's fucking true. I'm not saying they're satanic pedophiles, but I am saying this whole child sex trafficking ring that came from Epstein who compromised everybody that's in the news giving us orders like Bill Gates was at Epstein Island and now he's the pawn for the new Great Reset. Ah, oh, coincidence, huh? I think he's compromised. He's following orders under the guise of philanthropy because the government's behind all this shit. Uh, Elon Musk, no, I don't think so. I don't know. He was with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell I think a few times and he's dating like that 19-year-old pop star Grimes. You know, it just so happens, saying all these people are pawns, and I forgot what I was talking about. Yeah, I was like, how does this relate to the broadband package? Because uh, young blood, adrenochrome, I was talking about something, but yeah. Well, you have a point. Yes, I did notice that shit. That, that is a thing. I actually heard heard someone talking about it on Rogan a while back, how that's a new thing. Like, these rich people were paying for this service where these young people provide their blood to them. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, and I can't help but think about Hillary saying, I sacrificed a, ch- a chicken in the backyard to... No, wish me luck sacrificing a chicken in the backyard to Mullock today when she was at Epstein Island or whatever. And a chicken is pedophile code for baby, and Mullock is the owl god that you sacrifice children to occultically. What you know? That was in her. That was in the emails. The, the, the emails and the John Podesta emails... And all that stuff, and she deleted, and she she got deposed during the Black Lives Matter protest. She was deposed. The protest covered it up. No one noticed. I didn't but know it. Behind the scenes, Hillary Clinton went to court, requested that it not be broadcast live. She was deposed for her 30,000-plus deleted emails that are still in the Google servers. But the protest, up. the protests were peaking, dude. Like, everything was on fire, you know? And no one knew Hillary was getting deposed for emails that involve her saying she's sacrificing a chicken in the backyard to Mullock. As well as other stuff. Yeah, it is really fucked up. Why the fuck would they talk with that lingo? And what is she, what is, if it's, I mean, if it's literal, did she sacrifice a chicken? She went in the backyard? I mean, 
it's not conspiracy to take that at face value and come out with some really weird shit happening. Yeah, that's and when you, weird. Combined with the adrenochrome and the young blood thing coming out, you know, I think these people are. I really think these people are compromised by Epstein. They they abuse and terrorize young kids, and they drink their blood, man. I really think that's happening. I really do. Come out and say it. I don't think that's crazy conspiracy. No, I mean it's crazy. I don't know. That where else are you uh, supposed to get young blood? Where is where else are you supposed to get young blood? No one's asking that question. Where do you go to get young I blood? Think, uh, I think the rich people they were talking that they were talking about like the young people somehow what, get paid, like they donate it, they get paid. I don't know. What rich people and what young kids are donating blood to them? You know. So I don't remember homes. the guy. Back to the infrastructure bill. I forgot how I got there. I don't remember either. Uh, I don't mean to laugh at that. It's fucked up shit. But um, prioritize support for broadband networks owned, operated by, or affiliated with local governments, nonprofits, and cooperatives. In other That's words, government government run. So basically, this bill has a hundred billion dollars set aside in it that is going to be. Uh, preference for government run, as Dylan just stated, government run companies, more or less. Government run internet. And there's a past with like a Reagan era bill where things were government run. And what happens is, since they're just like in this bill, they're not incentivized by profit. Uh, this causes higher costs than worse service serves itself and the employees because they are not trying to profit. They're trying to serve the community as a whole. So what happens is the actual needs of the community don't get met. It's just all the people working in that building are serving themselves and their own goals with that money because the profit doesn't matter. It just kind of eats itself. It's like this isn't even going to work based off of they did this already in the past, not with Internet. Yeah, and they're they're talking about how it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to help call lower costs and stuff like that. But you know, they've, we've experienced in the past that operating in this this way results in higher costs, not lower costs. So it's probably it gonna, this me. this infrastructure bill is going to probably end up costing us more money in the long run for what we pay with, with broadband internet. We're going to have crappier. We're not going to have a variety of access to services. We're going to be stuck with one one to maybe two options, and we're going to be forced into it. And I like the I like the thing that the Arthur of this article is proposing, and I think it would be a much better thing to give... The Arthur? The Arthur? Is that his name, uh, Arthur? Shut up, Arthur. Fuck you. But what they're what they're stating about giving vouchers to consumers and letting us instead of, instead of just giving the money directly to these companies and let them spend it poorly, why don't they give it directly to consumers and allow us to make the decision on where who we get our broadband internet access through? And then that also bolsters competition. And then you also give them incentives to. Uh, give them work with the government well. yeah because they got to get in the only way to get in the market is to work with the government and dude that article we talked about a few episodes back about private companies with 75 miles or more of square stuff out square yeah. miles or more and they can set up their own government and they can only do it they only qualify if they're working in all of these fields 
So those private companies are going to set up governments outside the city and they're going to provide the internet that's under the behest of the government running it so that when me and you are podcasting, it's now localizing what they're monitoring because you've got this private government monitoring just the city. So they could catch you and me streaming about this and shut it down. That's you know a, what I'm saying? An interesting perspective, yeah. Like that's what it does because the, the, the big tech companies that are working in this field are incentivized by the local government to set up their own. Like, remember the government's going to work with them until they reach a quota and then they'll set them free basically. Right. The government grooms the private company into the position of a big private government over the city and you're streaming their internet talking about these conspiracies and you, you know they just come in they just come in did you see that in uh la or was it new york i think it was la a woman lightly criticized aoc from what she said and the agents i think it's fbi or swat showed up at her door because of her tweet and 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 questioned her and interrogated her about uh, life well, threats to AOC that happened in LA. Yeah. Are you sure what New York, considering AOC's in New York? Um, I think it was a lady in LA because she just put it on Twitter and they showed up at her home. I mean, I'm looking that up. That's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abby Martin tweeted about it. I see. No, I gotta. I guess I'll have to look that up. Anyway, that's Fine. fucking. That's fucking crazy. Hmm, not showing up on uh, Google. Let's try DuckDuckGo. How long ago did Abby Martin post? I found it? I found it on DuckDuckGo right away with the same search result. You got to be shitting me. I swear to God. Search re- it was the first article at I mean, the top. Let's screen share as we do this. All yeah. right, I'm going to I'm going to try this. So what was the uh what was the search you did in Google? Here um what was t- t- tell me exactly the terms. I thought I was screen sharing it, so I have it right here, okay? So I'll open up the tab. You see it? Yeah. Okay, so it's going to Google, and that's what I said. So, woman in LA agents showed up at her door for criticizing AOC. Hit enter. Fact check, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does not claim this. AOC recruits Capitol Hill riot, says she thought. Daniel Comprere, AOC's Capitol Instagram video. It's all about AOC in the Capitol. They reminded me right. about the Capitol. Right. Same Cap- thing over here at DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Same search. First article. After questioning AOC, woman was scary. <laughs> right there. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Amazing. There was some. Remember when AOC claimed that thing about the Capitol? My life was in danger, and it turns out she was like on the other side of the campus, and then like mm-hmm. she was escorted there, and her story wasn't accurate. On, oh, I think it was Biden, impeach Biden. It was something like that trending. So I clicked on the trend, 
And it was post after post after post after post after post of dog pictures from these random accounts saying stuff like, who would have knew my dog was such a sweetheart? Hashtag impeach Biden or whatever it was. Yeah, dude. Post after post after post after post. You couldn't find anything about the issue on Twitter because bots attacked the topic. Oh, my God. I've seen it happen two or three times. Like check Twitter for trending shit. And whenever you find stuff that's trending against the th- no problem tearing down the right and the Republicans, and all the conspiracy stuff. And, and the algorithms pushing Russia conspiracies and election. And you know what I'm saying? It's wild. Oh, man. This is we yeah, get into look, a scary space, man. Human Rights Watch Watcher is who posted. Uh, I'm really shaken up right now. I was just visited by two plainclothes officers from the California Highway Patrol at my home. They said they came here on behalf of the Capitol Police and accused me of threatening AOC on Twitter yesterday. This is provably false. What I... I assume this tweet they're talking about where I lightly criticized AOC for a disappointing answer in response to a question about Palestine slash Israel. And the tweet was, on April 1st, tag AOC did a live stream with Michael Miller, the head of the Jewish Community Relations Council of New York. She was asked about peace between Israel's and Palestine's. Her response was incredibly underwhelming, to say the very least. That was the tweet. The only thing that ever... Yep, that was the tweet they showed up. Because this is an Israel thing. And 30-plus states have it in their law that if you speak on behalf of an institution, college, or state-funded whatever, you can't criticize Israel. 30 states. Wow. Yeah, and that's what Abby Martin is in the middle of right now, is suing the state of Georgia for kicking her off of a speech, people to give speeches at a Georgia university, because she held anti-Israel views. She criticizes Israel. So she's in a, a lawsuit with, with the government over this infringement of free speech because it's also unconstitutional to change your laws on behalf of another country. And that's what's happening is Israel is imposing our laws. So it's really, really, really crazy when it comes to any criticism about Israel and Palestine because Israel and us are allies. Israel is causing a genocide on Palestine. They're bombing them daily. They don't, they're, they're, starving them by not letting goods in you know it's it's a genocide on palestine it's a human rights violation it's the biggest human rights violation since the holocaust according to abby martin and what i've heard and she's been to palestine on the ground in palestine guns in her face soldiers screaming at her as a media journalist more than once you know she made a documentary she's been there so there's all kind of pro-Israel propaganda in America because we're aiding this genocide against Palestine ultimately because we're their ally and there's the three factions of power the CIA, the Vatican and like Israel you know this is where it's all coming down from so yeah man scary stuff man this is scary stuff I think that's why this is a big deal is because she just said like that what a light criticism about very light criticism you have a cop showing up at your door and aoc aoc knows not to criticize israel so that's why she gave an underwhelming response she skated right through of course but yeah duck duck go pulled it up right away man yeah and then the censorship's also amazing in this whole thing too that was a fun experiment right 
All right, one more to go. We have. Are, are uh, we done with? We didn't really even get through the Biden Harris thing, or did we? Yeah, we, yeah, did. we did. Yeah, we did. We did. There wasn't much to that one. That one was more of an opinion article. That's why it was so yeah. long. But we got to the the gist of it. Yeah. The last one was uh was interesting. And this one's another one that's been getting a lot of uh, shares and stuff online. Um, shows uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink shows off a monkey playing Pong with its mind. Yes, pause, because the previous Biden-Harris $2 trillion article, I had a note, because this is very Starlink, Elon Musk, because his Starlink is supposed to... He's already got, we talked about it in one of the last episodes, over like 5,000 satellites in orbit to provide internet to all parts of the world. The Biden $2 trillion infrastructure bill is about providing broadband to, to parts of the country. The UN, the European Union, is behind, is helping and has uh, investment and stake in, they have interest in the Starlink. Biden and Harris are passing an infrastructure bill to achieve the same goal. Hmm. And then now you've got this article about a monkey using Neuralink to play Pong. And it's just the connection of Elon Musk, the global government, and the new technology, and how it's all connected in this big circle. And you'd never notice it. The Biden-Harris $2 trillion bill, this monkey on Neuralink, you know. Yeah. It's like you don't think they're connected, and then you realize, oh, this all connects too. There's this some connection there, yeah. Yeah. So go on about this Neuralink because this is cool. Yeah, this was cool. So basically, um, they had this monkey that's named Pager. Uh, they implanted both sides of his brain with the Neuralink module. Is he cisgendered? Than... Is it is it non-binary? What do you know his know. pronouns? I think it's a, I'm going to just call it a him because I'm okay. not playing that shit. Yeah, um, if anybody knows the pronouns, I don't want to get that wrong. I, really I, don't, don't. Give a, I don't give a fuck. Cancel. So. 2,000 electrodes that monitor his electrical activity. Um, they basically gave him a joystick and a metal tube that they fed him banana smoothie through. And they had, he was basically fed... Um, they, he was fed that smoothie every time he was successful in playing the game Pong. Right? So he was he would play with the joystick, and they did this for they basically calibrated calibrated it with him actually playing with the joystick and mapping where the neurons were firing, and they took the joystick away, and allowed him to continue to play the game without the joystick, controlling the pong game with just his mind. Can you screen share your article? I don't think I have amazing. it. Sure. Yeah, it took him just a few minutes. Just a few minutes to do it too. To calibrate it, so he was using the joystick, and it's a couple minutes later, like, okay, I got it. Really, using his mind. That's they plugged amazing. him up on both sides. What was it? His motor cortex, right? It's his motor cortex they connected to. So the the idea is that this gonna this is gonna enable someone with paralysis to use a smartphone with their mind faster than someone using thumbs. You know, and I'm happy about that. It's going to help people with paralysis. I know somebody who's uh, paralyzed from the neck down from a, a swimming accident. So people in wheelchairs, it'll be able to like regenerate their walking. I that think is that's really great. Cool. Yeah, I think I think that is great. But 
I just hope it doesn't fuel an army of robots in Palestine killing kids and they can't pin they can't pin it on anybody because nobody technically did it so they get they get away in court that no one knew about because everyone's protesting against well it's it's just gonna be like we're gonna be so good at controlling drones because we just do it with our minds oh my god i mean that's that's where this is going but they've done stuff like this in the past like caltech used a brain computer to help uh this guy drink a beer with a robot hand but that required a bunch of external hardware to collect his brain activity the monkey doesn't have any visible wires or electrodes that are hanging out over to the computer. It just pairs wirelessly. So if the implants are entirely internal, that, that's going to be a pretty big change in the brain-computer interfaces. Johnny Mnemonic, man. Just going to plug right up to the brain. That's and true. You're going to have agents tracking you because you have information in your brain. You just read an article that woke you up, and they're like, oh, shit, his third eye has ventral premedial frontal cortex is lighting up past 35 percent we got to get him quick hack his chip and make him positive for coronavirus we need a search warrant and they get like a digital search warrant to come crash through because he tested po- and you didn't even know you didn't even know you didn't even know you were out jogging and, and it starts flashing green and then like two yukons right. pull up you just black out just, windows you just tied all the articles together shit man that was beautiful Dude, even the music algorithm, because he's like, fuck, I hate this fucking song. And he's hitting next on his little iPod over here. Like, They're like, you better listen to the music that we send you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but then he, a- thought, and he thought of microaggressions, so then that that, that added to his, his record. Yeah, he went, what? I didn't do anything. And they're like, microaggressions. And they fucking whipped him in, and they butted him in the face with their AR-15, just poof. And then, like, a woman pulled out a taser, and, and a guy was like, Becky, no. And she, she shot the, t- but it wasn't a taser. It was a it gun. It was a gun. It was a gun. Killed the guy. And, and then they gave him a vaccine and uh, he became the COVID zombie. Bro, you're. Tw- <laughs> Fuck, man. Dude, 20 years on the force and you accidentally pull out your taser. Bro, what the fuck? Yeah. And you're a police trainer. Police trainer? Yeah, she trained. She trained other cops. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's wild. Yeah, good episode, man. Had fun. It was. I thought we'd go like three hours, but we really crushed it through those. Yeah, they were easy articles. So yeah, we should do that more. Try to get like ten articles. Yeah, just crush through them. Mm-hmm. I had fun. Yeah, I probably need to go. Uh, Tiffany has been texting me about her mom. I need to go see what the fuck's okay. going on with that. So, Golgothan.tv, Golgothan TV on Twitch. I got the live video back. I lost it on my hard drive. My my buddy sent it to me. He extracted full 1080p. So, the wait is worth it. So, Alfred and the Tednators will have the live shit up. Fuck yeah. Streaming everywhere and the video. We'll probably have a live acoustic set coming up. We're, we got a matinee Sunday. Acoustic. Go listen to Shred City Bodega in the meantime. Yeah, we got jam tapes, a new record coming, live record, acoustic record. I'm about to drop a cool deal. I'm going to finish that song, Illuminati Squatty Potty. I've heard on the earlier episodes. Get that published and, and drop that. Hey, um, ba, 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 what was I going to say? I was gonna say. Oh, what do you think about 
video, Jesse? Should I should I let everything up on YouTube? <clears throat> I mean, fuck it. We haven't gotten any strikes. We're not banned. You know, we're we're not losing anything. Um, you mean instead of just having it on Patreon? Yeah, put it on Patreon. Um, I don't know, man, because I I have everything not on YouTube. It's just on Patreon. But then I kind of want to put it on YouTube the whole episodes. Yeah, um, I know because it's like more people will be able to see it. Yeah, it might. Mean, it's like yeah. we need to get we need to get viewers more than anything right now. Yeah, let's go until they ban us. You know. What I yeah, mean? let's go until they ban us, and then we'll move the shit back to just Patreon. Yeah, um, we need a Patreon incentive though. So the incentive with Patreon is that you'll get ad-free audio and you can download the MP3. And um, I mean, if we got more traction, if we knew people were wanting it, would do more. So someone liked our podcast the other day. Really? Where? I don't know. I got a, a notification from Anchor. Oh, okay. Someone, someone favorited your podcast. I was like, oh shit. Another person? Let's read yeah. their name. Let, maybe they're listening right now. I'm gonna pull up the app. Yeah, you you got the app. Is that two people? I didn't ever see a notification. Hey, yeah, three people. Maverick Allen. Shout out to Maverick Allen. Hey, hey Maverick. Maverick, yo. Uh, Daniel J. Leach Jr. What a name. Hey, Daniel. Leach, L-E-A-C-H. So, it's My not totally Leachy. like... Yeah. But we know he's not a bloodsucker because he's, he's he favorited our podcast. He's a, he's a life giver. Opposite. So thanks, Daniel J. Leach Jr. And also, Oni Krishnan. That shout out to you, one. man. Oni yeah. Krishnan, shout out to you, guy. Three, third, third time's a charm, man. Uni, you're the third favorite. Thank you, Uni. Yeah, so thanks, y'all. Support. Um, you know, follow the bands on Spotify or whatever. Golgothan, Alfred and the Tednators, Cool Deal, Metamorphicon. A lot of stuff coming content for days yeah i'm taking care of my gallbladder so i'll be back next week we'll see you next week yep i'll see you next week guys yeah shout out much love peace and love